Thank you, Marta, and thank you, Angel. Beautiful music and a poem. And I'd like to invite you to bow your heads for an opening prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this blessed day. There was the first blessing, the first separation from holy from the rest. And we know, Lord, that we can never replace this day with another one. Because that's the only one you blessed. The only one you you hallowed. You put blessing and you, you put holiness on this day. So whatever we do, please help us to really honor you today. And don't do anything or don't say anything that you that would not be in harmony with the holiness of this day. Amen. And at the same time we ask you, Lord, to make us holy. Because without holiness we cannot see you. We all want to see you when you come back in the clouds of heaven. And we know that the time is very, very close. So help us to be ready for your coming. Help us to become holy. And we want to thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So this morning we are learning about holiness. And this is a term which created quite a disturbance and it has been creating and still does even among us. What does it really mean to be holy? And how can we imitate or copy the holiness of God? So please turn with me to the second letter of Peter. Second letter of Peter, chapter 3. And I'm reading verses 10 to 13. <clears throat> Second letter of Peter, chapter 3, and in verses 10 through 13. It says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burnt up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. When I was a little boy, I often visited an old lady 
She lived next door to my grandparents. She was a very kind person. And uh, one afternoon she invited me to come because she prepared some very nice cake. So she said, Laszlo, just come in and you can have as much as you want. And so I went in, I looked at the cake, and being brought up as an Adventist kid, I had a feeling I have to ask him a major question. Did you use some fat when you made the cake? And of course I asked this question, I had to. And it, it took the lady by surprise. So she admitted, yes, I did. Then I said something <laughs> that was, I always regret, regret it. I said, you will be burnt up. Because that's what I heard. I'm not sure it was the best approach. Probably not. <laughs> but I had a feeling that I have to ask the question. And when I, when I come to this Bible passage about burning things, this old story comes back all the time. So I have to share it and ask you not to do the same mistake. Not to make the same mistake. Because... That's not how we approach people. But at the same time, we need to talk about this fire. Because it seems that towards the end of his life, Peter had the feeling that he had to speak about fire. And so he said that the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Think about the book of Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar and the fiery furnace. Well, he did everything he could to burn those rebellious Jews. And of course, the Lord was there. The Lord is more powerful than any heat or fire. But this fire will come from the Lord. Nobody will be able to, to quench this, this fire. It says even the elements of this world will melt with fervent heat. And of course the question is not how high the temperature will be. But how high should we go up in the character of Christ. So this is why he is asking what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness. Which to me is a clear message that readiness equals to holiness. If you want to be ready for the second advent, you must be holy. 
how much more if you know the time is very short. Think about holiness. I checked a few Bible translations. The King James Bible says, In all holy conversation, in godliness. And I'm always asking myself, what am I doing on a Sabbath day? in between the Sabbath school study and the divine worship. When I'm walking down and up on the stairs or when I am standing behind the door, what kind of conversation am I engaged in? Because this is a holy day. Every moment is holy, and if we believe that this is a holy service, then it makes the building holy, and wherever we step in this building, it's still the holiness of God. Not because of the walls and because of the color, but because God is present when we worship Him. So just think about that, how we spend each Sabbath. Which is the first thing I mentioned in Genesis chapter 2, when God hallowed, in other words, made it holy. We cannot say Sunday is a holy day. We cannot say Friday is a holy day. And we met somebody a few days ago and he said, for me every day is holy day. He said, when I preach to somebody or when I talk to somebody anywhere, that makes that day holy. Is that so? When we talk to somebody about God in a restaurant or in a store, or on the street, does that make that day holy? And there is kind of a confusion in, peop- in people's minds. And they just believe that whatever they do, if the intention is good, then it makes things holy. I believe good intention doesn't make things holy. Things are holy because they are made holy by God. So our whole conduct, whole conversation based on the King James Bible, or holy conduct and godliness, or simply in the, in the NIV it says you ought to live holy and godly lives. And if you go to the very last verse, of the second letter of Peter. He is mentioning something which is part of the holiness he was talking about or writing about. This is the second letter of Peter, chapter 3 and verse 18. It says, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Which means that whenever we think about holiness, we need to see the whole context of this letter. 
And we will read another part later on, going back to the first letter of Peter. But we need to see something here. In Ellen White, in the Rivian Herald, May 6, 1862. 1862. That was quite a long, long time ago. She wrote the following two sentences. Sanctification is not the work of a moment, an hour, or a day. It is a continual growth in grace. There is no point to which we can come and say we have fully attained. May 6, 1862. Then 25 years later, same magazine, Rivian and Herald, March 22, 1887. 25 years later, he wrote the following, A revival of true godliness among us is the greatest and most urgent of all our needs. To seek this should be our first work. That was back in 1887. And we are writing 2017. That's well over 1887, 1987. It's over, well over a hundred something years. We are still here. One preacher said we should not be here. But we are still around because we don't understand that revival of true godliness is our greatest need. And we don't really understand sanctification. Sometimes we have a feeling that it would happen in a moment. All of a sudden something is changing in us and from one moment to the other we are sanctified. It doesn't work that way. But let's look at the holiness of God for a little bit. And try to see the context between the first and the second letter of Peter. Please turn with me to the first letter of Peter. Chapter 1. And then verses 13 to 16. This is the first letter of Peter. Chapter 1 and verses 13 to 16. It says, therefore, gird up your loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not confirming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. 
This is quite a challenge, isn't it? Be holy. The Lord is saying, not a prophet. The Lord is saying, Be holy for I am holy. But it has something to do with our way of thinking. Because if you look at this immediate context, going back to verse 13, it says, Be sober and gird up the loins of your mind. This is a very strange expression, but it means that set your mind right. And then be sober in the way you think. You have to be ready for something. And we all know that the greatest battle is going to be fought for controlling our minds. And if you look around in this world, there are so many things that try to control our mind. The way how we think. The same gentleman who, who gave us two hours to talk with him. He said that I have a very interesting news I heard about the Seventh-day Adventists. And he said, what I understood is that you are justified by works. Is that true? I mean, that was the news. And sometimes we don't really realize how people think of us. But we need to test them. And so we asked them, uh, would, you, would you like to receive a few books? Uh, would you read those books? So we gave him three books. Little books. You know, number one was Steps to Christ. Steps to Christ. And I'd like to mention at this point that if you want to study Steps to Christ, why don't you come every Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock to this place? Because this book was written for the very purpose of explaining in a simple language what does it mean to be justified by faith and not by works. And I have a few quotations from the book for you this morning that would really emphasize that this is what we need to follow. We are not justified because of works. So we left the book with this man. We gave him another book. The Hero of Hexel Ridge. You know he was applying for the book but he never got the book. So he was so happy. Then I said we'll give you another book. The third one. Your Friends. The Seventh Day Adventists. And on the following week, I, uh, I made a phone call. I called this man and I was kind of following up what we did with Martha. And uh, I asked him, did you have a chance to read those books? You know, the answer was no. 
I did not have time. And so to me it was kind of shocking that this man, who otherwise has a very special gift because he can talk to anyone at any place, any time. He said, because of the differences in our beliefs, I'm not sure we can continue our dialogue. Because his mind is set to the knowledge that we, Seventh-day Adventists, are justified by works and not by faith, so he has nothing to do with us. And the same person is telling me that whenever we spe- he speaks about Christ, that makes the place and the time holy. What, what kind of mindset is this? If you take Wednesday afternoon and you go to Walmart and you talk to somebody in the store, that makes that day a holy day. And the place, a holy place. So we need to think. Because that's how people think. Think of us. Because of the mindset. But Peter is saying that we need to do something with our mind. We need to set it up for something different. Be sober. And he said... Rest your hope fully upon the grace. And this grace is revealed through Jesus Christ. Be obedient. And confirming yourselves to, not to the formal lusts. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. But of course we need to see the context. I always like to see the context. I don't know how you feel about that. But you can take this sentence out of context. If you take it out of context. Then you don't understand that something has to happen to your mind. When you really want to be holy. But if you go back to the original context. This is a quotation from Leviticus. So come with me to the book of Leviticus. That's the original source of this quotation. Be holy for I am holy, says the Lord. So before we move on, we just need to understand something that without Christ and without the Holy Spirit, there is no holiness. If you look at the letter of Peter. And holiness is part of our growth, the the spiritual growth. Hopefully, we are experiencing. And the origin and source of holiness is found in the book of Leviticus. So please come with me to the book of Leviticus. There are four places in this book where this sentence appears, Be holy for I am holy. The first place is chapter 11, Leviticus 11. 
And then verses 44 and 45. Leviticus 11 and then verses 44 and 45 says, For I am the Lord your God, you shall therefore consecrate yourselves, and you shall be holy for I am holy. Neither shall you defile yourselves with any creeping thing that creeps on the earth. For I am the Lord who brings you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. So what is the context? Why... Is God saying that be holy for I am holy? It seems to me that holy in this context means separated from the unclean or separated from Egypt. Separated from the unclean, every creeping thing. And it says, nor shall you make yourselves unclean and be defiled by them. But what about the way we think? Can we really distinguish between between clean and unclean in our way of thinking? It's not simply about eating. It's about thinking. Can you separate clean from unclean in your mind? But there are more to go. If we jump to chapter 19, Leviticus 19. Just turn a few pages, chapter 19, and I'm reading the first four verses. That's another context, but the same teaching. So this is Leviticus 19, verses 1 through 4. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Every one of you shall revere his mother and his father, or honor his mother and father, And keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Do not turn to idols, nor make for yourselves molded gods. I am the Lord your God. So what is the context here? This is human relations. This is all about human relations. You need to honor your parents, mother and father. But he is also adding something. And you need to honor the Sabbaths. Keep my Sabbaths. Which to me says that when we we want to become holy, we need to honor human and divine relations. We need both of those in order to live a godly life. 
But we need to remember that we should be holy because God is holy and He hallowed the day. And He gave the commandment to honor, not to hallow, but to honor our parents. And of course, in in an extended sense, that would mean the whole family. We are responsible for them. And now let's move on to the next chapter, uh, chapter 20, Leviticus 20, and verses 6 to 8. That's the third place where this statement occurs, that be holy for I am holy. This is chapter 20, verses 6 to 8. It says, And the person who turns to mediums and familiar spirits to prostitute himself with them. I will set my face against that person and cut him off from his people. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. And you shall keep my statutes and perform them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. We won't sanctify ourselves or one another. God is the only one who can and who will sanctify us, but he is warning us not to be involved in, what is this? Mediums and familiar spirits. The same gentleman I was talking about told us, I do whatever the Spirit tells me to do. And this is not the first time, to be honest, that I heard this statement. I do and I go where the Spirit spirit leads me. What can you say? Can you convince somebody that the Spirit is not not the Holy Spirit? Because there are spirits. If you read Revelation chapter 16, it talks about spirits going out to this world and collecting, gathering people not to God. So this passage warns us, and, and this is something we, we should never forget, that the person who turns to mediums or familiar spirits is like a prostitute. Unfaithful in other, other terms. And God says, I will set my face against that person and cut him off from his people. And he is saying that we we should consecrate ourselves and be holy for I am the Lord your God. We can add, I'm holy. So he's warning us not to turn to mediums or familiar spirits. And even in our Sabbath school lesson this week, we, we studied something about a special spiritual gift. The discernment of spirit or discerning of spirits when we can distinguish between 
true and false spirit. And finally, if you go to the very end of this chapter, Leviticus 20 and verse 26. It says, And you shall be holy to me, for I, the Lord, am holy, and have separated you from the peoples, that you should be mine. Holy means separated for a special purpose. And we know from Genesis and and a whole collection of books, the five books of Moses, that it is very important to think about the Sabbath in holiness. It's going to be a big issue in in the near future. Which day of the week is the holy day? Second thing is the sanctuary service. Which has been going through some huge debates in the past. And still is going on. But if you turn to uh, a little back, back to Exodus. Exodus and then chapter 19. God made a promise. And that's what we need to take, take to heart. Exodus 19 and in verses 5 and 6. It says, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. For all, all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Holiness again. These are the words you shall speak to the children of Israel. So what does God say? Because of the covenant. The covenant was made by a holy God. And if you accept the covenant you become his own. You belong to him. You are separated from the rest and you become a holy nation. We have no time to read the the first letter of Peter, chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, when Peter is quoting this passage. But he is applying it to the Christians. So we cannot say that this is only for the Jews. Well, in Exodus, it was about the Jews, but if you read the first letter of Peter, chapter 1 and verses uh, 9 and 10, I mean, sorry, chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, then it is clear that this sentence, this promise can be applied to every Christian. Because that's God's plan to help us to become a holy nation, holy people. And finally, I'd like to mention something about Jesus. What did he say when it comes to the sanctuary service? We have a beautiful chapter in the New Testament. 
some theologians, Christians believe this was his high priestly prayer. And this is the Gospel of John 17, chapter 17. And Jesus said something about holiness in this chapter. John chapter 17. And in verses 14 to 19. John 17. And in verses 14 to 19. He said, I have given them your word. And the world has hated them because... They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I don't pray that you should take them out of this world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. And then the critical sentence comes. He says, sanctify them by the truth your word is truth as you send me into the world I also have sent them into the world and for their sakes I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth so sanctification doesn't come by works Neither justification. Sanctification comes by the truth. So Jesus was very clear. He said, I gave them your word. He was talking to the Father. He was praying. Saying that I have given them your word. And then he's saying, sanctify them by your truth. Your word, which I have given to them, is the truth. It talks about the reality. It's not a fairy tale. And you know today there are people who believe that the Bible is just a bunch of collection of fairy tales. You don't need to trust in the Bible. That's an old writing. It has nothing to do with the 21st century. This is outdated. We don't need to take it seriously. If you want to try to find truth, you need to find it elsewhere. But I think it it was very clear. Jesus was very clear when he said that you will sanctify them by the truth. And if you want to find the truth, go to the Bible. In other words, this is a true message about reality. Have you heard about virtual reality? The new generation lives in virtual reality. Where where reality and vision or fantasy are mixed. And most of them would come to the point when in their brain, in their mind, they could not separate the two. 
But if you are holy, you will be able to separate the two. Because holy means separated for a special purpose. And the purpose is to give truth, reality to everyone. So this is, this is what our mission is all about. And so Jesus said that I sanctify myself for their sakes that they also may be sanctified by the truth holiness in Jesus and then finally I need to tell you something about sanctification Um, just reading two quotations or maybe three if you if you bear with me for another five minutes. I would, I would read three more quotations which I photocopied for my sake and for your, yours. Uh, the first one is found in the, in the Acts of the Apostles and page 51, which is a beautiful one. Holiness is not rapture. It is an entire surrender of the will to God. It is living by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is doing the will of our Heavenly Father. It is trusting God in trial in darkness as well as in the light. It is walking by faith and not by sight. It is relying on God with unquestioning confidence and resting in His love. Isn't that beautiful? I'll read it again if you don't mind. Just to think about. Holiness is not rapture. It is an entire surrender of the will to God. It is a living living by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is doing the will of our Heavenly Father. It is trusting in trial, trusting God in trial, in darkness, as well as in the light. It is walking by faith and not by sight. It is relying on God with unquestioning confidence and resting in His love. That's holiness. And uh, the last two quotations are taken from Steps to Christ. I promise that I will read something from Steps to Christ. And this is beautiful on page 68 and 69. You are just as dependent upon Christ in order to live a holy life as is the branch upon the parent stock for growth and fruitfulness. Apart from Him, you have no life. You have no power to resist temptation or to grow in grace and holiness. Abiding in Him, you may flourish 
drawing your life from him you will not wither nor be fruitless you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water so you are as dependent upon Christ in order to live a holy life as the branch depends on the stock the parent stock for growth and fruitfulness and then finally the same book in page 70 71 it says a life in Christ is a life of restfulness there may be no ecstasy of feeling but there should be an abiding peaceful trust your hope is not in yourself it is in Christ your weakness is united to his strength your ignorance to his wisdom your frailty to his enduring might so you are not to look to yourself not to left the mind dwell upon self but to look to Christ let the mind dwell upon his love upon the beauty the perfection of his character Christ in his self-denial Christ in his humiliation Christ in his purity and holiness Christ in his matchless love I love this term do you? in another place she is mentioning matchless charms of Christ and now he is mentioning matchless love this is the subject for the soul's contemplation it is by loving him copying him depending wholly upon him that you are to be transformed into his likeness this is holiness we are not dependent on our own strength but we should abide in him and enjoying this peaceful trust is a life of restfulness and you know the Sabbath is a day of rest why don't we rest in the mighty power of God that's the only way to reach holiness and that's my prayer this morning that our good Lord would really teach us to look upon Christ not on one another especially not our, on our own weaknesses or our failures not even on temptations but that's that's the miracle that's the source of strength let the mind he said she said let the mind dwell upon his love upon the beauty the perfection of his character the last battle is for the mind please guard your minds please be sober 
And please be ready to receive this special gift that we can distinguish between good and bad or true and false and God's spirit and the spirit of demons. Because they will go out to this whole world. They want to gather everyone for the great day of the Lord. But we should be separated from these things and be holy. For our Lord is holy. Amen.